You're listening to MLVC, the Madonna podcast, your place for all things Madonna Louise, Veronica Ciccone. Hey, everybody, it's Stefan. Hey, guys, it's Tony, and thanks for joining us. Say that again, Tony. I said, hey, guys, it's Tony, and thanks for joining us. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you were a little crackly. I, I, I lost oh, you. Oh, okay. I, I wanted to make sure that I was I had a true, honest response. No, you, um, you got me. Because you sometimes you say quirky little Madonna quotes, so I just well, want to you make know, sure I. The show just started, uh, so stay tuned. True, you, we're still getting in show mode. <laughs> Everybody, welcome to the show today. We are welcoming actor Matthew Rish. Matthew, welcome to the program. Hi, hi. So good to be here. Thank hey, you. Hey, Matthew, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? We are. Well, I'm doing good. I mean, I think Stefan's doing all right himself. But um, one of you is in Mexico, am I wrong? Yes, I'm in Mazatlan, Mexico. I decided to leave New York after twenty something years and um, try it out here for a year and see how it goes. Good for you! Wow, it's been pretty nice so far. And the, land are... of, the land of cheap pharmaceutical drugs and <laughs> there you go and lots of tequila and yeah, there's some of that here. Um, so where are you calling us from? I'm in New York City. Oh, very cool. Uh, how yes. is New York these days? Scary, a little weird. Yes. Yeah, if we see things on the news. It's yeah. it's weird to be on the outside for the first time in a while. It's it's it, it, it's amazing how scary the news makes New York look. <laughs> yeah, it's been a little frightening. I mean, I think a lot of it is also just like pandemic fatigue and people, you know, my anxiety level in general is just high when I leave the apartment now. Mm-hmm. Um, but there has Don't been- Don't get too close to the edge of the subway. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's been really frightening and like some really- you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of, you know, people experiencing houselessness and, mm-hmm. and um, people with, with mental needs who can't get the need that they need. Yes. And so it's sort of, it, it can be a little a little sketchy out there, but, you know, it's New York, baby. Yeah. yeah and- it makes the subway like uh, a fun jungle place yes. to go to, you know? It's, it's like, a, yes, it's a, yeah. it's a roller coaster ride, and I fancy yeah. the roller coaster. So that's- no, you, you, you said it. Exactly. Like before I left New York, I mean, every time I would leave the house, it was like I had to like talk myself down before <laughs> even like leaving the building, you know, and it's like, yeah. come on, we can't live like this. We got to. But, yeah. you know, New York has been through worse and it'll it'll get it'll come back and it'll come back. better. One thousand percent. I always think of people who lived here in the, you know, 70s and 80s and laughing totally. at me being scared to go on the subway in 2022. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm sure I hear all the voices. Oh, if only you were here then. But, you know, exactly. it's, for me, it's a little, a little frightening. If you if you've ever seen the Instagram account, what is New York? I love it. Absolutely brilliant. It brings a, a chuckle to my heart every day I see they post stuff because it's just like, oh my God, yeah, that's totally what it's like living there. And it you is. see things like I saw they posted something the other day. There was like a, a, a group of like 20 rats jumping, leaping out of a garbage, yeah. pe- like a, a huge mound of garbage and fleeing into one of those restaurant pavilions on the side of the street. And I was like, oh, I have seen it. Oh, I, I miss it. it. <laughs> I, um, well, I know. 
there's a lot of, um, I mean, what the great, the good thing is that like, you know, there is a sense of camaraderie and a sense of community yeah. as New York always does. And in hard times sort of pulls together. I mean, it's been hard to literally pull together because we have to be at least six feet apart, but there is that sense <laughs> yeah. in the air. And when you go out and, you know, everyone's a little depressed and downtrodden, but like, Hey, we're all in the same boat, you know, mm-hmm. we've all been through it. But before we go any further, I'm going to give you a proper introduction, Matthew. Please do. <laughs> so known mostly as an actor for his work on television and theater, Matthew Risch recently made his writing and directorial debut with the short film, Stranger Out of You. As an out gay actor, he's appeared in such television shows as Looking, Modern Family, How to Get Away with Murder, Bonding, Younger, Switched at Birth, Gossip Girl, and the Tales of the City reboot. He's also starred in the feature film Test from writer-director Chris Mason Johnson. On Broadway, Matthew starred in Other Desert Cities and Pal Joey. He was featured in the original company of Legally Blonde. He was also in Chicago. And he's splitting his time between New York City and L.A. and... Welcome to the show. So Thank bougie. You. I love when yeah, people split, the, split their time between coasts. It's like... I know. <laughs> well, not anymore. I haven't been to the West Coast in forever just because of COVID. But yes, it's... I like to say between New York and LA. It used to be more, but it's mostly New York now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and feel free to sing Broadway tunes whenever you like. <laughs> um, you know, just... Yeah. Uh, you can loosen up those pipes. And, We're out uh, the cobwebs, as they say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, well, so before we get to questions about your career, because I, I, there's so many things I want to chat about with that, let's first talk about the woman of the hour, uh, yes. Madonna. Let's let's go back in time to your when you first. When did Madonna first appear on your radar? When did your Madonna journey begin? When, when did you feel be- touched for the very first time? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when my ears started working and my and I could see when I started walking. No, I mean, it really is. I was thinking about it this week and it's like, I mean, she was the first, I think the first time I probably ever, it must have been MTV. I was born the same week as MTV was. Oh. So I sort of always grew up with that as my guide. Um, and it was always on and I sort of was always sort of, I was born into this pop music world. And of course she famously sort of like, that's where she began and where it all started for her. And the two sort of went hand in hand, MTV and Madonna. Mm -hmm. So I would just see her on the TV constantly and see all those old original music videos and just was so enamored as we all are with her charisma Mm -hmm. and her sex appeal and her dancing and uh, stage presence. And I was just sort of like, who, what is this person? Um, And growing up and getting older and realizing that I'm gay and, you know, there was really no one else who said that it was okay to be gay. I mean, she was sort of the first person for me in my time, in my generation, where I was watching someone with a public forum and all this power sort of, stand up for gay rights and talk about that. And I was just like, wow, like no one, my family isn't even ready to talk about it yet. I'm not ready to talk about it yet. And here's this woman sort of vouching for me. And I felt so like spoken for in a weird Mm -hmm. way. And that's really powerful when you're a young gay boy, you know, Mm -hmm. especially back then, you know, I mean, that's a thing. It's so commonplace today in movies, television and and whatnot. And no one else was doing it. Exactly. It's like there was there was no avenue to sort of find. I think that's what sparked so much for if we were young when Madonna was coming 
to you know on television and and in songs and, and music videos we were seeing something that we were not being exposed to on normal television right. that she was presenting and like well you don't have to be this heterosexual white couple on television you can be anything you'd like to be and right yeah and just in watching her challenge reporters there's some great like um compilations someone posted on tiktok and i think they are younger than me i think they're in their 20s and it was fun because i think this person sort of discovered madonna through this and was like you know she was like it was just so fun to see that and i was watching these clips and watching her stand up for gay rights to to interviewers and and being Mm -hmm. like why not why is it weird you know she's really pushing those buttons Mm -hmm. um even even in the world of journalism I, i found so yeah i mean all that stuff and watching her perform and just there's such an artistry to it obviously and especially back then it was like what is she she's doing something different that really i haven't seen before in this in this world of pop music video you know that's so new so matthew as a young performer what what about her music like which songs and or and or what performances resonated with you you know kind of like forming your your growth as an, as an artist, you know, like when you, you see what you want to do when you yeah. see yourself on stage, you know, it was really the true blue album for me was it, it was really open your heart was like the first video where I was like really, really taken aback as a young boy and like mm-hmm. the Fosse inspiration and all that stuff, which sort of like knowing theater a little bit as I did back then, but like my two worlds were merging. It was sort of like my theater world and my pop music world. And she was sort of like marrying the two. And I found that so exciting. Um, And that song is such a hit and it's such a bop. And it's, there was something so powerful about seeing this woman in charge and, and, and dancing the way she danced and being so sexual and, you know, this sweet story of this little boy sort of like in awe of her. And of course I related to him and then of course related to her, you know, it was sort of like (laughs) the best of both worlds, but that was the first video that really, really got me. And I sort of ever, I mean, since that, after that fell in love and then like a prayer came out and changed the game in a whole new way. Um, And I went to high school, I went to boarding arts high school and my friend, Matt Rawson, actually who listens to your podcast as do I, and he loves it. um, Hi Matt. He's going to be so thrilled. Um, But he was like, have you ever seen Truth or Dare? And I was like, no, I've never seen Truth or Dare. And he was like, we're watching it right now. So (laughs) we would have in between classes, we'd go to the dorm and we'd watch it like every day. And I just was so in awe of it and in awe of that whole cinematic experience. And the way that Alec filmed the performances was Mm -hmm. so unique and so exciting and gorgeous. And it really just, I had a whole new respect for her as an artist after watching that movie. Mm -hmm. Um, As performative as it is, you know, it can only, you can only get so, so real with Madonna, I think, as is with most pop stars. But um, I just remember just falling in love with her and that whole storyline of her being this mother to her dancers and... It was so. Even if it's not 100% true, it's still. No, even if they're suing her and they hate her and whatever, but like, you know. It's it's still a sweet story, regardless. As a piece of fiction, it's still sweet, you know. Yeah. Um, And it must have been really powerful for you to see the theatricality of, like, you know, for lack of a better phrase, you know, a theater troupe on the road um, because it did not come across like 
a band on on tour. Right? No, not at all. And I think I mean I, I I I don't know the real true history of pop music. I know Michael Jackson went on tour. Was it that same year or a year later? Was it the Dangerous tour? And he yeah. I don't know how theatrical that was. I never saw it. I'm not really part of the White Glove Mafia, but <laughs> I know that. <laughs> When I saw that, I was certainly like, has this been done before? And sort of like my knowledge now, it seems like she was really one of the first, if not the first, to be like, I want to do a musical mm-hmm. and I just want it to be with my music. I always say, I'm like, Madonna couldn't get a gig on Broadway, so she wrote a musical for herself. It yeah. seems like that's sort of what she did. And it's amazing and it's beautiful and it's powerful and it takes you on a journey, like she says in the movie. Um and it's just so well done and she doesn't really stop really mm-hmm. to talk to the audience, which when I'm seeing a pop show, I don't want it to, I want it to be theater, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I think I, I've said, I think I've said it before on the, po- on the podcast where true, uh, blend ambition was the very first concert tour I ever saw. So yeah. I had no idea that, so concert, that concert tours were ever anything else other than that. So I just assumed that that's what a concert tour was. You came out and had costumes and changing sets and the themes changed and there was elaborate choreography and like set pieces moving. Like I just, I I was so spoiled from Blonde Ambition and Madonna because it's like, Mm. that's the bar that was set coming out of the gate. And it's like, (laughs) I think I had eventually seen some other shows after that. And I was like, this isn't, Madonna, what's going on uh, here? Yeah, wow, set really high. Mm-hmm. But yeah. she did, I mean, she did change the game. I'm sure people after that were really trying to emulate her. It's funny too, because I don't want to say that was her peak, but for me, in a way, it was her peak because I'm a dancer, as you know. And so to see her really dance, mm-hmm. like really dance, like I the, obviously when she knew she was being filmed, I think he shot those shots in Paris for the like express yourself for truth or dare. And then watching, I always watched on YouTube, the last show in Nice, you know, yeah. and she's like mm-hmm. really cool. And you're like, Oh my God, this woman is dancing for hours and doesn't fucking stop. Like she's just going and going and going. And, you know, she lip syncs when she needs to and whatever. And she's doing audio on top of a recording maybe, but like, it's just exciting to see a pop star, like really going for the choreography and yeah. like, executing it well and the choreography looks great on her mm-hmm. and you know all that martha graham inspired stuff it's beautiful mm-hmm. it's so powerful so matthew tell us have you seen madonna perform live or have you had any close encounters and tell i us about those? have i saw so the first live show i saw was drowned world oh, nice, nice. i think i wasn't do you know what year that was what year was that it was that 2001 was 2001 okay so i it was like my first year in college and I saw her at the Fleet Center in Boston and I went, <laughs> my dad could get tickets through his work to like anything at the Fleet Center. Mm-hmm. Usually everyone went sports. So no one wanted Madonna tickets. So I, of course, took the Madonna ticket and I went by myself. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like in a box with like all suits and like business people, and their wives. And I was like, got there early, just sat in the front and like did not move and just like put my hands over the railing. And I was just like numb for two and a half hours. I was like, so, well, first of all, she was an hour late as she always is. Of course. But, um, <laughs> just an but hour? Wow. Just, I know, just an hour that time. Rebel Heart was a different story. So conservative um, back then. I know. So conservative back then. I know she was so nice to us back then. <laughs> um, but I was just like, I was like, I can't believe I'm in the same room as her. And I, I do love that tour. I mean, it's obviously a soft spot because it was the first one I saw, but 
Um, it well, was talk about theatrical. I mean, exactly. That, I mean, like Blonde Ambition and Girly Show definitely were theatrical, but I felt like Drown World Tour was just like was the man, most. Yeah. It was just so over the top and like even even more so in terms of like how her performance level was, you know, like yes. she was definitely inhabiting characters in that. Whereas like Blonde Ambition, Girly Show, I don't think the characters were as sort of prominent. Yeah. 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 But yeah, yeah. Drown World Tour, I mean, it was like, it's full blown, yeah, like theater. Well, and what I love about that one too is like where, and whereas in Blonde Ambition, you can tell that she's straining her voice a little and like, she's really just trying to get the, and she can, and she gets the notes out. And I, as a theater performer, love watching a singer struggle. I talk about this with my friends all the time and I, we debate it, but there's something when you're watching a musical and the stakes are really high. And if it's so easy for the singer to do, you're like, Oh, there's no, there's no excitement. The stakes mm-hmm. aren't so high. And then when you see someone like Madonna during Blonde Ambition, she's like really sort of like straining and the emotion is there. And that was so exciting to see. But on the flip side, what I did love about Drawn World, the girl had some voice lessons and was seeing someone and you can tell, and she had really worked on her voice. Mm-hmm. Obviously we all know for Evita. And I think with Ray of light, she was, she was seeing someone and she sounded great. She sounded mm-hmm. so good. And she wasn't pushing and it was so effortless in a way that was really beautiful. And when she was playing guitar and it was like a, it was a whole different experience and it was just as lovely. It was really And really- uh, the thing I thought that was so amazing about Drown World Tour was she had just become a mother. And she was, you know, here she is out on tour and she's actually, I felt she sounded better on Drown World Tour than she did on any of the previous Mm -hmm. tours. Like she's singing live through, I mean, you can hear her breathing and you can hear her singing and her lower register is just gorgeous in that show. It is. And you can just see her that she knows she has to be calm and not move as much because she's got to get the notes. And it's, it was refreshing to see. It was, I appreciated that a lot. She really worked on that. And so after Round World, what else? Did I you saw see? I saw Rebel Heart in Los Angeles. Nice, which was fun. We were really high up, and she was like two hours late. And I, I have patience. I'm a patient person, but like, <laughs> I and I should have known better. I should have known better. But I was like, you cannot make us wait two hours if you're gonna start the mm. show, girl. You're yeah. gonna start the show. Maybe it's she was stuck in traffic. LA has lots of Oh yeah, traffic. she I'm she's so sure she was. It was, <laughs> you know, it was a Tuesday night and we I got home at like one AM. I was mm. like, Oh my God. Um, but I did enjoy that tour a lot. That was fun. Um, and then I just saw her at the Red Rooster when she performed. Oh, you were there. There. Oh, I was there too. Oh, how did Where? I not see you? Oh my god, you two was amazing. Talk amongst uh, no. yourselves and uh, tell us what were some highlights of seeing her at the Red Wait, Rooster that well, night. Well, so maybe I didn't see. Were you in the the celebrity side of the I, Red Rooster? I, I, I was in the celebrity side, not because uh-huh. I'm a celebrity, but because of my good <laughs> my good friend of mine, Ahmed, has a friend who. Um, oh God, I'm forgetting his name, but he directed the Madam X tour. He did all the camera work for the Madam X tour show. Oh, he was friends. Uh, uh, Ricardo. I don't know. Ricardo. God, that's so embarrassing. Right, Cause Ricardo did the, the Madam X tour for where, her. Where it was someone who did, he like specifically did the cameras for it. Yeah. Didn't and there was, a, there was a, a production team that worked on it. With yes. Ricardo, yes. Yeah. Um, and I have a friend who's friends with him and my friend knows that I love Madonna. He was like, do you want to come? And I was like, absolutely. I can't turn this down. Oh, lovely. Well, did you, and, uh, what did you think of the show? I loved it. I mean, I you know, I was like drunk and then my buzz went down and she was late and I was like hot and <laughs> wait, I was wait, warm. She was late? 
<laughs> and I was warned that the air wouldn't be on because uh-huh. she doesn't want it to be cold for her voice. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so hot. And I like, I can't stand being hot. So I was like sweating. I wore a tank top. I knew what to do. But, mm-hmm. um, and then she came out and I, she was like right in front of me, which was really exciting. But I was also like, oh, this woman is so excited to perform right now. Like Mm. she, you could just like feel the energy coming from her and see it in her face. She was looking out at us and I was like, wow, for her to be where she is and to be like in the basement of a restaurant in Harlem. Right. She is so excited to perform. I was like, that's why I love you. Mm -hmm. And And did you... Did you enjoy the love parade through the streets of Harlem? I did. I joined it. I, I, I was, you know, when she was doing like a prayer and leaving, I was like, oh, she's going to go out the back. What a cute way to exit and end her show. I love that. Okay, I'm <laughs> like, no, you're down. going too. Right, yeah. <laughs> and then I went outside and was chatting with my friends and someone was like, wait, what's that? And it, like, they were turning the corner. We didn't know that it was still happening. <laughs> and so we saw it and we were like wait that's crazy so we followed it and i was like wait she's literally taking us through the streets of harlem right now uh-huh. and she's literally taking us to church this is so crazy yeah. and then she sat on those stoops and i i'd come from a memorial earlier from someone i knew who uh we lost to covid so i was like sort of on the edge a little bit and i just started sobbing oh. I was like, oh. it was so beautiful and I, they kept going and I was like, I'm going to walk away now because I don't want to see this to end. I don't want to see this end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just like walked. Well, you, you let it, it end on your terms. terms. Yes. Yes, exactly. Just like hearing the echoes of like a prayer I got on the subway. I was like, that's the perfect way to end this night. It was so beautiful. Oh, that's so cool. Stefan, you'll have to send them some of the video you shot because you might be. A I, guest I was, I was taking one for the podcast team. I was like, record, I, I normally never record video at Madonna shows to, because I was like, I, you know, I don't like to watch things through my phone, but I just held the phone up against my chest and I was like, I pray that I get her on this. And uh, yeah, some some stellar video, especially the moment when we were in the love parade outside on the streets of Harlem and the crowd bumped me and I turn and Madonna's right next to me. Like, oh, but I, right? like literally standing right next to her for like... Uh, Five seconds, and then the That's crowd amazing. pulled me away, and there, sh- and she just kept walking. It was amazing. I mean, it's it was such a weird, amazing experience to be able to be so close to her and really yeah, just be like in that group with her. It was so weird. Yeah, and, and then I saw you- like Lola on the side of the street with her friends. So like, <laughs> no. oh, weird. What's going on right now? And what did you think of her voice that night? I mean, I only saw it on video, but I thought she sounded great. She sounded great during crazy. I'm just like, oh, this is what I want. I want. She sounded to sing. really, really good. And there was. During La Isla Bonita, there was a moment when, like, you know, she obviously doesn't move like she used to, but like, there was like a dance breaking. I could see it in her and like see the fight. And she was like really let loose for a little bit and then like drew it back in, you know, because she also like only had so much space, but it was like exciting to see that. Mm-hmm, I like yeah. saw the old. I, I mean, I'm still thinking it's like, girlfriend needs to get off the heels and put on some dance shoes and I then know. just dance, Madonna. Like, I don't care if you're wearing heels. Like, Put on some like MC Hammer pants and some Adidas <laughs> sneakers and just have a, a full on dance party. I, I know. I to get off the six inch stilettos. It's just. I know. I, I mean, but this is, I've had friends who've gone to the, um, her Oscar after party. Oh. And I was like, how is it? Tell me everything. And he was like, <laughs> it was crazy. But like she kept to herself with her dancers. But the one thing they said was that she 
didn't stop dancing the entire night. Like she was See, that's just what I moving say, yeah. with her friends in the corner, like mm-hmm. fully dancing. And I was like, that's why we love her. Mm-hmm. I love her. Thank you for telling us about your Madonna journey. I, I, I know that you have an illustrious career that I would like to, to ask a little bit about. So you've been on like umpteenth amounts of iconic shows that are out there. Um, one that I was very happy to see you on, which is a favorite show of mine, is Modern Family. Oh, yeah. What was your experience like working on Modern Family? Because you were sort of part of Mitch and Cam's little entourage. Yeah, the the, the, the gay mafia. Um, <laughs> it was wonderful. It was so great. I mean, that show is, it was such a gift and a blessing. First of all, to be able to work on such an iconic show that's been around for so long um, and to be able to work with those actors. And I had known Jesse from the theater scene, uh, Tyler Ferguson, from before and he's such a lovely person and they're all so lovely and it's really a family over there. And mm-hmm. I, it's, we shot the last, or we did a scene or a couple scenes in the last season, one episode. I don't know if it was the last episode. Was it the last episode? It might've been. Um, and I was like, how many years has it been? And I was like, I've been on the show for seven years, like inconsistently, but it was so crazy to sort of think about that. Mm-hmm. And be like, well, that's what also living in Los Angeles does to you. You really lose track of time. And you're like, oh my God, I've been good now. No, but it was something like maybe six or something like that. And I was like sort of blown away. Um, it was an incredible experience. They were all so lovely. It was so fun to to work there. Um, it was a blast. I mean, it's like what you, you know, it trickles down and what you see on TV is sort of what you get. I mean, that's what it is. There was no craziness and it was just like people wanting to have fun and have a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I always loved that they sort of like had those like background characters that I mean, not background actors, but like you were sort of like a secondary character where yeah. you would sort of like flit in and out every now and again and you'd sort of reappear in scenes and whatnot. How was like, I mean, it's a, obviously I was on a, a network television show, you know, it was a network television show that was on for 10 years with uh, A-list actors mm-hmm. and was what were the days like when you would have to show up and do a scene like was it like people just laughing and cracking jokes and just like having so much fun or was it like let's just get this done and then we can go enjoy the rest of our day i mean it was sort of a little bit of both you know what's so great about that show is it's a it's like a single cam so there's really like usually only one camera or two cameras they get it in really quick um and they were obviously had been working for many years so they had it down Mm -hmm. um so it would be like really quick, but also really fun. And it depends on the scene and depended like on who was coming on to the show as a guest or what the scene um, dictated. But it was always people trying to crack each other up. I mean, that's the goal is like, we're all just trying to make the audience laugh. So we're obviously going to try and make each other laugh and, mm-hmm. and improving. I mean, I, you know, wasn't really established enough to go in and just start making lines up. I don't think that would have been appreciated, but you know, <laughs> to watch the regular sort of do that and have fun was really, really exciting and a blast to be around. So you were on Modern Family. You were also on HBO's Looking with uh, Jonathan Groff and Mary Bartlett, from who's now blown up because I of, of uh, the White so Lotus. And um, who else? Who, who am I forgetting? Who was the third person on on Looking? I'm blanking on his name. Um, there was Raul. There was Raul, and there was um, I know Daniel Frances was on the show too. Yes, oh yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, 
But how yeah. how was that? How how did it compare to being like? Uh, I mean, because it's such a very different type of show, but it's yeah. still I, mean, I love. You guys that shot was... that in San Francisco, right? We did. What a yeah. gift! Oh my god! Anytime you get a chance to shoot in San Francisco, I've some like I've had so many jobs that have brought me there. I've been so lucky. I love that city so much. Um, it was a great experience. So different for so many mm-hmm. reasons. Um, you know, Andrew is so cinematic with his directing, and we knew going in that that looking was going to be sort of like you know a weekend-esque vibe mm-hmm. yeah. um so quiet and subtle quiet. And- yeah and it shoots and they shot the show like that i mean that's how he directed it it was very much like let's go back and try it again or let's like play around there was much more freedom with that i remember when i i auditioned from the very beginning I was, I remember my friend, um, writer Doyle, who was an actor at the time, he's now a writer director, but he was going in for the Jonathan Groff part and he had me read the lines and I put them on tape and his agent, I think responded and was like, who's reading with you? They should go in for it. So that I called my agents and I read for it. And then I remember originally going in for Murray's part. And I remember uh-huh. getting like de- close to the end. And I was like, this is so weird because we have like a, a significant somewhat of an age gap that would like make the characters so different. Um, and it was such a fun experience because they, I remember the, the requirement was they were like, learn the scene, do the scene, but don't do the scene. Like just make up your own version of the scene. And I was like, Oh my God, this is going to be so fun. And it was because mm-hmm. you got to make it your own and you got to make it you. And that show was so much about that was just sort of like, verite making it real and just being natural which is really for me at the time was fun as an actor because it was like sort of coming from theater and coming from playing like a republican senator on switched at birth which was a blast but just like not who i am um (laughs) it was fun to sort of be like oh it's gonna be like just me like i get to be myself um And yeah, was I was sad. I was sad that show didn't sort of take off the way that I think HBO was hoping it would because yeah. you know, like it got. I'm, I mean, I'm glad that they gave it a, a final movie to sort of tie mm-hmm. up some of the loose ends and the plots, and it was mm-hmm. a beautiful movie. But yeah, I just kind of felt like we didn't have something like that on television. You know, like it was, such, it was such a great contrast to something like Queer's Folk. You know, Queer's Folk had been on Showtime and it was like flashy and and dance club and and like basically like a gay music video with lots of sex and skin. And I just exactly. felt like looking was such a great opposite of that where it was okay. the, you know, quiet and sub- and I think that's what the problem was is that, you know, the gays were like, oh, yay, it's a gay television show. And then it wasn't Queer's <laughs> Folk. And then right. it was like, yeah, there was nudity, but it was like, it was real and like you were in it. And I, that's what I loved about it. I did yeah. too. I thought it was a perfect, I thought it was a wonderful next step for um, gay television in a mm-hmm. way. You know? And and not, and I know a lot of people have problems with it. And, you know, the complaint is that there weren't enough trans and, and people have, and, mm. and BIPOC and totally, I, I totally see that. I just think at the time with what that show was doing, it was, it, at least, at least, it took a step forward in, yeah. in a way, yeah. in its own small way. You know sure. what I mean? And I think I hope that it's looked upon like that. And and I loved it. And I I think Andrew's a brilliant writer director, and it was so lovely to work with him, and all those actors. And we had um, uh, Reed, who was who was the the DP on that, who's now gone on to direct and write so many things. And it was just like a wonderful crew and a wonderful group of people. And to be able to do that in San Francisco is such a gift. Mm-hmm. 
I'm glad. Now I want to start watching it again because I miss that show. I mean, it had such a wonderful, like you said, cinematic, and it felt lived in. It had this quality that you don't find often with new shows that you start watching. Sometimes you have to warm up to them, but this show, I'll, I'll, you, you were ready for that world as soon as you got there. It was great. Yeah, yeah. And I loved I loved especially that one episode in the first season when um, – uh, Jonathan and I will have that day date and it's just love the that. Whole oh my God. That was, uh, that episode was and going beautiful. That's mm-hmm. a sweet little like bottle episode. That's like its own little movie. I just mm-hmm. think he did. Andrew did all of that. So wonderful. And, um, and Michael, the writer, of course, Michael mm-hmm. Lennon was the writer, um, did all that. So, so wonderful. Um, wonderfully. Um, yeah, it was, it was a special show and I, I think people look back on it fondly. I hope they do. If you haven't seen, looking check it out it's check it out it's gotta I mean, be on hbo max i mean mostly yeah. in season two which is funny because some people are like i saw that show and i didn't see you and i'm like well you didn't see season two yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um another series that you ended up on was younger which was created by darren star and yeah. um shot in new york city and also co-starring debbie mazar so did you get to work with her and uh, right. tell us what what it's like to work on a darren star show because that's also kind of like a finely wheeled machine too right it was it was really fun i had a really great time i mean you know this is sort of like it's a Hollywood curse for me. It's a blessing, but like once you play a gay character, you never stop. Until the day I die. I don't care. I want to, I don't want to play a straight person anymore. It's so boring. Seriously, yeah. um, um, and that, so that show was that it was like me and Chris Hankey, who I had known from the theater world. And I was like, this will be a blast. And I had known Sutton sort of like peripherally. And, but I was very nervous around Debbie because of Madonna. And I, I was uh-huh. like, you have to leave this shoot having asked her about Madonna. And of course I never did. I never got up the strength. I was such a wuss. Um, (laughs) But I just would look at her and just think about it and be like, just picturing her in the elevator. True blue baby. And you're just like, (laughs) seeing her on the back of that car. They had facials together, you know. (laughs) She's so gorgeous. I mean, we all know this, but she's so striking, those eyes. And she was so lovely to work with. No, that show was a blast. It was so fun to be on. I was hoping we get to come back. But Now, Pat Field did the costumes for that. Did you get styled for that by her people? She did do the costumes for that. Yeah, That's I think right. So. I totally forgot that. I, I certainly never wanted her. <laughs> um, they just let um, you wear what you I came in. Actually, now that you say that, I do think I remember seeing her on set. Yeah, I t- can't believe I totally forgot that. Wow. Brain fart. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a lot going on on, on those sets. So it's. Uh, I know. It's, it's I know. understandable. It was just trying to remember my lines, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> but that was a wonderful, I mean, to be able to shoot in New York too. So it was I like, know. Hey, it was great. It, they shot like right in my neighborhood too. So I like just rolled out of bed and went to set. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> can't ask for a better job. You really that. can't. I mean, that's, that's the dream. It's like, yeah, great. And you also have a like very impressive list of Broadway credits. Um, I personally, was very excited to see you uh, in Legally Blonde, the musical on Broadway. I th- I think that was when you first sort of popped on my radar. Uh, I took my mom. My mom loved the movie. And so I took my mom for, okay. Mother's, for Mother's Day the one year um, to go see it. We, we both wore pink because, of course, you have to wear pink to go see Legally Blonde. Of course Blonde. you have to. And she actually, it was funny because my mom didn't believe that. I was like, Mom, you have to wear pink. 
And she's like, why? Yeah. I'm like, because you have to wear pink when you go see Legally Blonde. And she didn't believe me. She's like, this is stupid. Why are we wearing pink? And then we get there and everyone, not everyone, but like a lot of people are wearing pink. She's like, oh yeah, you're right. People are wearing pink. It's I'm like, I told you. I'm like, trust me, mom. <laughs> trust a gay son. Um, tell us about your experience of, because that was, you were part of the, like original Broadway cast of that show. How much fun was that show to do? Yeah, because Broadway shows take like 27 years to put together, right? I know. (laughs) It was was the time of my life. It was like the highlight of my career for me. It was just... It was your blonde ambition. Because exactly, yes. It was my blonde ambition. Um, I mean, Jerry Mitchell is such a wonderful beautiful, generous, lovely, shine, sunshine of a person. Um, and I had done Broadway Bears for him, and I I really wanted to be a part of the show. And I knew Larry O'Keefe's work, who had done Bat Boy, and I thought that was so fun mm-hmm. and funny and irreverent. And I was like, oh, he's this is going to be smart. Um, and I didn't know Nell Benjamin's work at the time. Um, there are a couple, and she did the lyrics, which are some of the most funny and smart lyrics, I think, in the musical theater canon. Um and I, I did the last workshop they did before they started rehearsals. So I did, I did get to see a lot of changes when I did it. Um, Rachel Dratch was playing Paulette in the, mm. um, which was so different and so that's a choice. Yeah. <laughs> so broken and wounded, and it was and obviously funny. Yeah. Um, and it was so ex- it's so exciting to see a show morph and change and grow and. It was such a wonderful experience and to be able to see, sit on the sidelines when I wasn't working and just watch how all these wonderful actors worked and Mm -hmm. learned and soaked in so much. And Jerry Mitchell knows how to put a good group of people together. I mean, he famously says, he's like, I want to work with talented people, but at the end of the day, I want to be able to like go out and have a drink with you after. And like, so he just puts together, he knows, he knows what people will get along, which people will get along. And Boy, did he. I mean, we were all just living our lives and having so much fun off stage and on. We were all just like one big family. It was such a blast. And, and how does it all? Oh, sorry. How does it differ f- your experience in theater to working on film and television? Obviously, it's you're doing a bit more work. The, the load is a little heavier when you're, you know, eight shows a week. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very, very different. Um, you really become a family when, when you're in the theater. I mean, you see each other. It's like camp, but that never ends or it goes on for two years, if not more, you know? Um, and it's, you see the worst of people, you see the best of people. And in that way you all become brothers and sisters and it's, wonderful it's great and there's some people that you maybe rub you the wrong way but you still they become like your brother that you you know like nudge and and wrestle with i mean it's it it's the best it's like it's so much fun it's i can't describe it it's just like a wonderful wonderful magical thing that we all get together and we all sit at home all day. And then at night we get on the subway and we go into this theater and we turn on and we feed each other off each other's energy mm-hmm. and we slap on this makeup and put on these costumes and we go on that stage on a Broadway stage in front of a full audience, hopefully full. And it's just magical. It's so, so wonderful. You become so close to these people. And sometimes in television too, I, I've never, you know, been the lead of a television show, but 
I, I assume that it would be a, a somewhat of a similar experience, but there's something about doing all, you know, blood, sweat and tears on a stage that really just brings people together. Mm-hmm. And it, you go through a lot emotionally on stage and off. It can be, you know, dramatic and it can be wonderful and it can be sometimes tragic and sad and, you go through you go through everything with these people, and they really become family. I'm still close with so many of them. Oh, so tell me about the fervent fan base for this show because I remember seeing it, but just by accident on MTV, they're like, "Oh, now we're going to show this musical." I was like, "What? This is really strange." So of course I watched <laughs> it, and I did not take my eyes off the TV screen. And then like two weeks later, I went to go see it with some friends, okay. and I couldn't even believe it. I mean, it was like pretty much every teenage girl from New Jersey, Long Island and Connecticut screaming at the top of their lungs. And I'm like, you experience this every show for eight shows a week. We did. Yeah. I, it really like towards the end after that taping, that taping really brought out fans. I mean, we had some hardcore fans. It was so fun. They would be there sometimes every day. <laughs> um, it was so fun to see. And they knew all the, they would bring like things for us. And it was like so great, but it's really funny because you know, we didn't get nominated for Best Musical and we didn't get to perform at the Tony Awards. So we felt snubbed a little bit and our New York Times review wasn't great. So we were sort of like, oh, this is weird. But then you see the people in the audience and yeah. that's obviously what matters. Yeah. Um, and I remember they decided to do this taping and we were all like, are we going to be shunned by the community because we're <laughs> being a Broadway show? Like, Absolutely. It, it used to be like a controversial <laughs> thing, not anymore. And we were like, will people not come see the show because they'll just be watching it on TV? Like we were so scared. And then, you know, Jerry did such a phenomenal job with it and it's filmed so well. And they taped it twice without an audience and once with an audience because oh. they didn't know what would happen and they wanted to make sure they could get different shots. Sure. And they ended up using like 95% of the live shoot because mm-hmm. it's theater yeah. And you have to have that relationship with the audience. Well, just when, the reactions alone, you know, like you, oh, yeah. the reactions alone. Sometimes, but like, the way it turns us on, you know, and the way how we feed, we it's it's a exactly it's a relationship. Live theater is like you know the audience is a part of the show. Now, did this show go on tour, and and did you join that? I didn't. It did go on tour. I didn't go on tour with it. Um, but um, I did go visit. My dad lived down in Florida and I visited when um, they were performing there and got to see it. And it was so good. It was mm. so great. Um, now, yeah. uh, undoubtedly, because of your Broadway background, you ended up in Sex and the City 2 in the chorus uh-huh. of the gay wedding. I mean, was that, was that pretty much every guy that was good looking that could sing on Broadway got that job? I think so. <laughs> so we, all knew, we all knew each other. Like every single one of us knew each other or had worked together. So that like hilarious. it was a blast. So we were like, can you believe we're here? Like Liza, like Sarah Jessica, like what is going on right now? It was such a blast. Yeah. There's yeah so that many, was so over the top. It was so ridiculous. many gay worlds coming together and exploding at the same time. It's like, totally. you don't even know where to look, you know? I, no, to- absolutely. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we had to like warm up with SJP and Kim Gattrall and all those people. It was like, wow, this is so great. And then in walks Liza in a sequin onesie doing, <laughs> doing like, you know, um, single ladies. And I was like, we, it was such a camp explosion. We were all freaking out. We were also very tired because it was long hours, but it was very fun. That's the kind of work that you do for free, I would say. Not that anyone's oh asking actors to work for free, God forbid, but. <laughs> no, 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 no. And I do love that residual check when it comes, but I, yeah. I would have done it for free. It was such a blast. So you were in 
so Sex in the City 2, as, as any Sex in the City fan knows, Sex in the City 2, many people do not count that as canon because they felt that had just crossed a line. That oh, it, yeah. just, it, it just, it just, it went too far. Once it they sure went to, did. That's why Once so they good. went to Abu Dhabi, they were <laughs> like, this is not really Sex in the City. We, we do not count this. But did you get to watch And Just Like That? Of course I did. I get, of course I watched it. We all and, did. And what were your thoughts? It's a very different show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Hence the name. <laughs> I know. I, I think people were, it was strange when people were like, why are they changing the name? I don't Why isn't it Sex in the City? I'm like, well, they're changing the show. So but wasn't it so exciting at the end of the last oh, episode when she yes. just said, and this is Sex in the City. I screamed. So of course, no one heard that? me, but I screamed. You exactly. Know? <laughs> I was like, yes, this is what I've been waiting for for the last 10 episodes. It's such a, I mean, it must be such a weird thing to have a show be so successful, get turned into two movies because of the relationship of these three girls. Mm-hmm. And they're all so so integral in so i mean they're as we all know that you know i, I was going to say when if one of them's gone it's not sex and city anymore and it wasn't it was something very different yep um and i mean i think i'll just leave it at that but it was fun to watch i would watch it i would watch 30 more seasons i would watch any yeah. incarnation of sex in the city ever yeah. although i did not see the carrie diaries but that's something else completely i did and actually it it blends very well, you know. I mean, just yeah. kind of like overlook the clothes because they're really trying to to make stuff <laughs> stuff happen. But you know, yeah. I mean, at least listen and just like that, the clothes were fantastic, uh, so amazing, so yeah. good. And I remember and, seeing like stills that they would release, and I think a lot of us were like, "What is that? That's a little weird." And then you see it in the show, and you're like, "It's perfect." It's yep. perfect. Yeah, I I was a little concerned because I did read that Pat Field wasn't going to do it because she does Emily in Paris, right. but I think they did. Uh, like it just it's a, like a complete update and you're right it's not the same show so you can't have her wearing these crazy things uh, on the other hand she wore some of like the classic outfits and it works so well 1000 percent. and did you see that in just like that documentary so I good have not it's seen so it. good. Oh, good loved and it I, I forget what was her name that took over for molly Pat. molly god yeah. what a character she's so great i loved watching her and listening to her and that was like that was my favorite part of it. Just like that was a documentary. I was like, is this oh, gonna be weird? And, not, and it was so entertaining. Yeah. We need another season. I, I, I have a feeling there will be another season. I think there will be. I hope fingers crossed. Well, it was HBO's most watched original program ever. I, was it really? I can only imagine. Like really? the, HBO will be throwing money. Oh, at Sarah Jessica great. Parker. Do we so think she, will come the, back? No, no. She, and Sarah Jessica said she doesn't want her to. She did. Yeah. That was the she's most recent. The most recent quote was, "Even if she, like they know she's not going to, but okay. Sarah Jessica was like, no, we don't think that she it would because so much has been made over the like so much drama has been made over so much that she'd be like, she knows SJP knows it would just overshadow the the show too much. But well, we well, all want her to come. Yeah, do we? I don't think they do. I think I think they're happy that she's gone. Oh, okay. We want Samantha back, and we don't really need to." know what happened to Che Diaz after he <laughs> to Los Angeles, but you know, that's just my opinion. I personally, I, if they do a second season, I, uh, sorry, we're digressing here just too much, but I, 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 I want to see uh, Lisa Todd Wexley's character 
more expanded. I want to see um, the professor with Miranda. I want to see yes. her character expanded. She's and so good. They're such great actors. They brought wonderful actors onto this mm-hmm. season. Yeah. yeah. More great SEMA actors. and more of them yes, together. More SEMA oh, too. Yeah. A thousand percent. Yeah. Loved them. Matthew, I also wanted to ask you about creating and producing your own work. I mean, a lot of times you can't get the work that you want, so why not just make your own opportunities? So tell me about some of your passion projects. You know, for example, the short film that you wrote and directed and and what are your upcoming projects and what, what, what's getting you going? It's, it was so funny because I was, I was in Los Angeles at the time and work was sort of dying down for me and I was becoming um, unenamored with living in Los Angeles and thinking I would move back here. And, um, I had, I had had this weird, I had gotten out of a relationship and I started dating this guy that was sort of, it was like a rebound situation. It was very toxic. And I was like, sort of, you know, it's it's the classic trope of move to LA and you Mm -hmm. get lost and lose your mind. And I sort of like started to, experienced that. And I'd always sort of wanted to try my hand at directing and writing, writing and directing. Um, and it, it honestly, it wasn't, I, I thought about not being in it because I it wasn't, I, I didn't want to write something for me to star. And that wasn't the, that wasn't the impetus. It wasn't a vanity mm-hmm. project for me. It was like, if I'm going to do this, I want to, I want to show that I can direct and I have a vision and I've always loved horror and psychological thriller. And mm-hmm. I'm sort of like shocked that there aren't more queer horror I know. films that are sort of like, and there are lots of campy ones and that's great. And we're starting to have more like stranger by the lake mm-hmm. is, is one that I love yeah. and I'm just so obsessed with that film. Um, but like, you know, I mean, with all of our traumas and all of our horrors as we experience as queer people, why aren't there more sort of like grounded um, uh, queer thrillers? And so that was sort of the impetus for me to write this script and um I I had such a blast doing it. I, I originally started working on it with Chris Mason Johnson. He was like, who did test. Right. Mm-hmm. He was like, I want you to write something and um, I want to um, direct it. And I was like, okay, great. That sounds wonderful. And we worked off and on for a year or two and it just wasn't going anywhere. So I originally wrote this as a feature and it was a feature length film. Um, and the character was like sort of an actor in the business and about him being closeted, but he falls in love with this guy and it's, it's, who's very masculine and toxic and he's sort of like egging him on. It was sort of like a black swan type of thing. Um, And then it just sort of fell apart. It wasn't working and Chris got busy doing other things. And I said, screw it. I'm just going to make it a short and do it myself. And I'm so glad I did. (laughs) I was so lucky to be able to raise money and get such a wonderful team of people. Um, And it was crazy. We shot it in two days. It was mayhem. It was insane. It was very difficult to be in front of and behind the camera, but I purposely made the character sort of like things happen around him and revolve around him. Um, so I could sort of focus more on directing. Um, mm-hmm. But I had a blast. I loved it. Um, and I've been writing um, a feature, um, a queer horror that I'm working on with a couple of producers. Um, oh, that's exciting. Yeah. And it's it's been really fun. <laughs> yeah. 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 I sort of like, I, I saw, you know, this it's in the latest screen movie makes fun of this, but, you know, elevated horror, which is uh-huh. sort of like a big genre now and everything's a metaphor. But I think there's something in that that can be explored with, with queerness and totally all the trauma we've been through and what is that, how does that manifest itself in our lives? And, um, and so I've, I've been working on that and, and, and we'll see how far it goes, but I've sort of in second draft hell right now, but it's been mm. such 
a wonderful thing to do. And it's been really um, educational for me and I'm learning a ton and I'm having mm-hmm. fun and let's fingers crossed. Let's yeah. yeah. We, that's what we need. So, we need um, a, like we need a gay Michael Myers. That's exactly what we need. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. So where can people watch your short film? Um, the one that you've already made. It's on Vimeo. It's open to the public. There's a link in my Instagram. Um, oh, bio. Cool. We'll, that's we'll, put it on our... we'll tag it up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, great. Great. Um, yeah. Well, Stefan, I think it's time for my favorite part of the show. Oh, you know, it is <laughs> Matthew here on the podcast. All of our guests get a little something we call the lightning round it is wherever you're at in your madonna journey today it doesn't have to be forever it could just off the top of your head without thinking too much yeah favorite madonna song open your heart it just came to me oh you talked about it earlier (laughs) i mean live to tell yeah favorite madonna music video (laughs) open your heart (laughs) no you know what take a bow Uh, favorite Madonna tour? Blonde Mission. Yeah. Favorite Madonna movie? Desperately Seeking Susan. Mm, nice. And then favorite Madonna look? And this can be from a video, a tour, a photo shoot, in person. Other stuff. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I think the Blonde Ambition. It's just like mm-hmm. really all always comes down to Blonde Ambition for me. Ponytail or curls? The, the curls. <laughs> the curls. The curls. So oh, no, some people are, are ponytail like I know it just you hearts. know when it got in the way of her mic she had to get rid of it and I agreed with her <laughs> get rid of that do the curls I'm sure her hair is fried permanently from that but <laughs> God bless her she took one for the team but that that Gautier opening with the the corset and the pants like just everything that it, that says mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. yeah no one was wearing their underwear on the outside and here no. we are. Yeah, she's like, I'm going to be a man, and I'm going to be a woman, and I'm going to be in charge, and I'm also going to be, um, you know, not in charge, and I'm going to be a sub. I'm going to be a dom and a sub. <laughs> and it's all that in one opening. Yeah. And I'm going to grab my crotch. And for exactly. some reason, everyone freaked out about it. Yeah, and then I'm going <laughs> to rub my finger in my genitals and lick it on the body. <laughs> like, go off. And then and later, I'm going to masturbate on a bed. Yeah, uh, but yeah. that's later. That's later. Yeah. <laughs> and then immediately have redemption and cover myself in a shawl. <laughs> like this to go from like a virgin to like a prayer. I was like, this is brilliant. I well, know. This is so good. It was probably her best transition she's ever done. Yeah. 1000%. Yeah, it's it's cathartic, as one is wont to say. Yeah. Um, Matthew, thank you so much for joining us. I really loved like getting your take on everything you think about Madonna, and also you know just a little thank peek into so the, the world of Broadway and acting. Um, so tell everyone where they can find you on social media, so we can keep up with you. Um, I'm on Instagram. I got kicked off of Twitter for <gasps> trolling Republicans. I'm on Instagram. It's my full name, Matthew Rich, mm-hmm. and there's an underscore after the H. Awesome. That's it. That's my social media presence. No TikTok. Sorry. Oh, well, that's all right. We'll tag you. We'll tag you up. And remember, everybody, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at MLVC Podcast. You can also donate to the podcast at Venmo at MLVC Podcast, as well as consider becoming a subscriber. Help keep the show going. We're on Patreon, patreon.podbean.com forward slash MLVC Podcast. Matthew, thanks for joining us. This was a lot of fun. Thank and I'm, so I'm, I'm going to go listen to the Legally Blonde soundtrack. And- Yay! <laughs> Perfect. All right, Matthew. Until next time. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. Bye, Thank guys. you so much.